I don't know what fucking chest is. Uh, there you go. Hell yeah. What'd you say, Jordan? He said he don't know what kind of old man trying to download Firefox on their smartphone in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, because like the shit wouldn't like. It's weird because I don't even. I don't think I even have that shit on there. I don't even know what the fuck these browsers are on iPhone, man. But it's not. It's not fucking Firefox. Yeah, Safari, I think, is the, the default one for Apple phones, and then obviously it's, Chrome for Android phones. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, right, I guess we'll, we'll just uh, we'll jump right in here. So, uh, welcome back to another episode of Pile Drivers and Podcasts, uh, recording this one uh, on uh, 420, Mount Riddle's favorite day of the year. Ooh, and yeah. uh, we're going <laughs> to. We're going to go through uh, the past three weeks of NXT. It's been all WrestleMania uh, for a few weeks now on this podcast. And so we're going to catch up with some of the the NXT goings on. Um, This episode is going to go up before our WrestleMania podcast. Uh, Some technical difficulties due to deployment uh, just made it so the two and a half hour podcast that we did record for WrestleMania is completely gone. So... We're going to have a creative solution for that uh, sometime in the next week. Uh, and you'll get, everyone will get to hear our thoughts on that. Uh, all four of our very dedicated Spotify listeners. But I'll kick it off. So we can run chronologically. Um, but uh, Jordan and I were kind of saying just a minute ago, like nothing really remarkable happened on the first outside of that triple threat match. Uh, are we, wait, are we not, wait, say that again? So the first of April, uh, right before Mania, uh, that NXT, one of the ones we hadn't really covered. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the gauntlet match, uh, wherein Shotzi Blackheart kind of had her, her moment. Um, but you know, I got behind her a little bit. It was a good, to me, a good enough display of who she is. Um, to fans without going overboard. Like, I don't need a Kofi Mania running the gauntlet moment on a, on a woman that most people have just met. Right? Like, I've seen her stuff on the indies uh, and had a good feel for who she was beforehand. Um, yeah. So, the gauntlet match was just fine. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I mean, it just kind of was what it was. I didn't, like, have about you know about the whole thing. I kinda like uh supposed to what end up in a tag team match next week. I think it's supposed to be Tegan and, and Chelsea versus uh what is it, Dakota and um and Raquel or whatever. Yep. Um yeah. Which will be good. So, right. I mean it should be it should be fine. I mean yeah. I thought What's interesting. I, I, oh keep going, keep I, going. Oh I was keep gonna going. say like I I personally like this kind of kind of grouping everything that's happened in that whole little program thus far. I don't know if it's just me and somebody else can tell me if they thought out if they think I'm wrong or something. But to me, did it just seem like uh, in Raquel's match against uh, Tegan Knox this week? Did it just seem like Tegan Knox was like overselling the shit out of everything that 
Raquel was doing. Like, I, I felt like it was almost like she was just overselling everything. I was like, man, dude, like, this is weird, I guess. In a, you know what I mean? Because you don't have to, I would to, say like, that Tegan is guilty of that a lot. Yeah, I, I just thought it was too much overselling as far as, like, trying to make her look strong and look dominant, so to speak. Which I think yeah. you can do that without her overselling, you know, every little move that Raquel does. There was one spot. So in the Finn versus Fabian Eichner match, Finn took uh-huh. some really hard turnbuckle shots, right? Like good momentum off the Irish whip. He hit the turnbuckle and he bumped for it, which right. it felt really good. He, you can obviously see the marks all over his body. Yes. Tegan went for the same exact spot, but Raquel had just done like the wimpiest little Irish yeah, whip that was just supposed to be a normal Irish whip, but then Tegan on the last step just like threw herself into it. I definitely laughed yeah. at that. Yeah, the, I um, didn't, I didn't, I didn't care for that match that much to be honest. No, the package for the match was interesting um, in that. Tegan Knox's big thing, right? Her finisher is a choke slam. Well, it's like not quite her finisher. Her finisher is the shiniest wizard, but she loves doing choke slams, right? But she's got the same problem Dijakovic does and that she can't get people up over her head. But <laughs> she's only five feet tall. So all anyone has to do is jump say- and they're over her head. But Raquel's choke slam, the one they showed in that package that happened on, I guess, at this point now, four or five weeks ago on NXT is really good. And there were a couple of spots in that match where I'm like, outside of Keith Lee, Raquel might be division-wise. Like, she's kind of in the realm of, like, a Bianca Belair in terms of, this girl is strong. Um, and so I, I hope that I they keep treating that. her like a, like a big woman. Yeah, I actually didn't take... That wasn't, like, my takeaway from it. You know what I mean? Like, like she she stopped her. Uh, yeah. I so I mean, what was it? She stopped a hurricane rata and turned it into a power bomb type maneuver. Yep. Um, and I that that was the moment where I was like, oh, she's pretty strong. But also, once again, Tegan Knox is only five feet tall. So right, exactly. Because sometimes those they build those holes, right? So you had the Bianca Belair run, where she was just and Bianca is super strong. But she's throwing around girls a foot shorter than her. And then mm-hmm. she had to try and do the same things with Rhea 15 minutes into a match, and she was too gassed and couldn't do it. And so I think that's where it's like, okay, are you strong in an explosive manner, or are you going to be strong deep into a match? Kind of the Roman Reigns versus Goldberg equation. Uh, outside of that, it's really just a triple threat. Um, so I would give you a nod on this one, Jay. I thought Damian Priest looked better than he ever has in dude, that match. Damian, dude, I was about to say the same thing. I was, I watched it last night. I was like, see, I was like, uh, I was like, Doug doesn't like this guy, and I will argue through the first half of the match, Damian Priest was the best thing in the match, dude. Yep. Same. I realized something because Keith Lee didn't pick it up until like halfway through the match. And dude, Dodger Coke was just in the fucking way of the match, bro. Like yeah. 
Dr. Kobe is not good. He's fucking. He has to do. It would have been a better singles win. match. Yes, agree. That's what I said too. I was like, dude, this would have been so much better if it was just Priest versus Keith Lee. And then it's like it seems like Dijakovic has to over overutilize cruiserweight moves because he's failing as a big man. You know what I mean? Like you're six seven, two seventy. Like it's okay to, to maybe do like what is it called? A sunset flip over the top rope or something to take somebody out, whatever. But I don't want to see you do a fucking whatever that shit was he did off the top rope, uh, a twisted, oh, yeah. whatever the yeah. hell. It was. I don't want to see someone six seven two hundred seventy pounds do that. I want to see you fucking goddamn power bomb uh, Damian Priest through a table. I want to see you fucking put a you know what I'm saying put a boot in fucking Keith Lee face. Like I think his feature eyes thing is fucking stupid. I I, I just think everything. <laughs> It's clear that he's failing as a big man. They have no direction for him. He's just kind of in the way at this point. And I would actually like to see them give Damian Priest an opportunity to kind of go into a, a decent program with Keith Lee and remove Dodger out of the picture, period. Same. I have issues with Dodger top to bottom. Like, they pushed him as was, but he had what seemed to me a very developmental gimmick. I don't know... If his deal is that he's like a wannabe MMA fighter who throws like elbows, I, you know, when you look at him and Keith Lee side by side, right? Moveset really similar in a lot of ways. The difference is Keith is a, is more impressive when he does those typical high flyer maneuvers because of his stature, but he uses his stature better than a lot of other big men who have come and go. Right, like Lars mm-hmm. Sullivan, Killian Dane, I would even argue Rusev and Big E don't hold a candle to him as men in the same weight class as big men. But then Dijakovic yeah. comes to the ring, and then st- he does. Do you remember who Giant Gonzalez was? No. Okay, so he was one of Undertaker's like first matches at WrestleMania, but he was like Yao Ming tall, and he wore a Sasquatch onesie that made him look naked. It was ridiculous. Um, but he was super tall. And so he this thing where he swung both arms, almost like he was the jolly green giant, right? Up onto the ropes and then stepped up. It made sense because he was like seven foot four. Dijakovic isn't even right. as tall as Kevin Nash. Like, chill. Stop swinging both arms up. And then wrenching yourself up there, just messing up his already fragile-looking shoulders. Like he, mm-hmm. he is an unimpressive big man in yep. the regards. And so he could focus on what would be considered a light heavyweight style of wrestling. Right? There's no reason he couldn't do a better version of Baron Corbin in ring wise, but instead he focuses on imitating guys who were bigger than him and smaller than him. And it, it feels very much like he's focused on being the second coming of a few different people, as opposed to figuring out who Dominic Dijakovic is. I think the best place for him right. is off television right now. 
while he figures it out. Put him on the Dayton circuit. Let him do some work to figure out the indie circuit Dominic Dijakovic have main event power. And I can say for sure, no. So how do you take it back to the blackboard? Right. I mean, at this point, you don't, I don't think you necessarily have a direction for him anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's lost. I mean, he lost clean that takeover Portland. Uh, who got pinned? Who got pinned in that triple threat match? I don't even remember. Who got pinned? Who ate the pin? Priest, or Jakovic. You said Priest ate the pin? No, no, no. Wait, you say it Portland or on the show? No, no, no. I'm talking about all, all, the triple threat match. Who ate the pin? Jakovic. Yeah, see, then, then that's clear cut. Bang, bang. We got to get him out of there. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just nowhere for him to go from there, from here at this point. It just doesn't make sense to continue putting him in this, in this feud or this twisted whatever this is that they're doing. Yeah. You know? I was surprised to see Finn and Dream having something. And I'll circle back to Dream later because I got some stuff to say about it. But it made more sense. Like I, What was that, Jordan? Are we moving on to the next show? No, this is still regarding Dijakovic and his direction. I'll, I'll make it make sense. Um, because I get that Finn can't wrestle Walter right now. And for whatever reason, Adam's not on TV. And I, I think the outcome mm-hmm. of Finn Dream is going to be that Adam interrupts, right? But, yeah. or Walter interrupts. Could be one of them. They got Fabian over here, so why couldn't they get... And they got Finn back into the States, so why couldn't they get uh, Walter out there? But um, if you wanted to push Dream legitimately, right, to challenge Adam Cole's claim that he's not a real contender, why not have him go over Dijakovic? They could put on a decent match for two people who could really use some singles in ring work right now just to keep them in front of people Don't like it. and have Dream go over. I think it would have been fine. It wouldn't have hurt Dijakovic, and it would have shifted Dijakovic away from Keith Lee because now he's just being overshadowed by him at every turn. But like, I, I'm, I'm still failing like to understand, like, you you said you said Dijakovic doesn't lose anything. Is that what you said? If he lost, if he went in a match, had a good match with Dream, and then lost, he doesn't necessarily lose any. He doesn't go further back than he is now. He's already at the bottom of the. the... Right, I was gonna say his stock is already low. That's why I don't think it makes sense for to legitimize Dream. I think if you're gonna legitimize Dream, you. Ah man, it's kind of hard to put him over Finn because then you're trying to exactly. Uh, but Finn is Finn, so you could absolutely have Dream beat Finn. I don't think Finn loses anything. Now, Finn is the one I don't think loses anything if you put him in a match. You know, they have him. Well, I guess they are going to wrestle next week. But if you were to have uh, Velveteen go over Finn, whether that be clean or not clean. You know, I think that's what legitimizes him as uh, a challenger for Adam Cole mm-hmm. in the NXT title. I, I think the matches will either be interrupted wholesale or that it will be a distraction finish. Because Finn's only lost one match since coming back to NXT, and it was to Adam Cole, and it was thanks to the distraction from Johnny. 
So, yeah. and that didn't slow him down at all. So yeah, I could see um, Walter interrupting or Imperium in general interrupting. Or the other two, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the two that were there this week, yeah. Yeah, because like if we're doing this, Finn has to take down everyone in this weird fourth Reich that they're building to get to Walter. It makes sense that he needs to go after uh, Marcel Bartel because they haven't gone one-on-one. And that would be a great match if they did. So I could see Fabian Eichner distracts the ref. Marcel Bartel does something to Finn. Velveteen Dream picks up the win and gets out of there. Um, So we'll see. That could be good. But but you're absolutely right. Like, But I think Dominic versus Dream would be fine because they have at least showcased Dominic as a legitimate competitor. Even if he doesn't have any stock in a championship field right now, it's still probably would have been fine. But I agree that I would much rather see a singles thing with Priest and um, Lee than Dijakovic again. Like, at least it's something interesting and different. Um, I have some of the same problems with Priest that I have with Dijakovic, but at least Priest has figured out where he's trying to go character-wise a little better than Dijakovic. But I was very impressed. I was kind of upset because I was like, dang it, I just spent two episodes talking crap about Damian Priest. And now I'm going to have to eat crow if he starts being good. But I think Dijakovic is running the risk of becoming Test, right? Test kind of existed to be a not-as-good American badass and ended up just being kind of fought H, both in the ring and in real life, um, to help him step up or wrong. Um, and I think that's kind of where Dijakovic's going to end up being. So, so bad either. Like, yeah. It's he, crazy because I'm watching this era in, uh, in WWE right now. Like, I'm like in my free time, I'm like going back and just watching. I think I'm still in 2001, just watching pay per views. Nice. You know, like, I don't think Test looks that bad on No, Test is fine. Like, Man, dude, like, yeah. I think he's, I think he's fine. Like, I mean, I think if he could, I think if Dr. Kobe can get out of his career what Tess got out of his, which I don't even remember when Tess ended up leaving the WWE or when he came on TV. I didn't really realize uh, when that happened. Um, but, I mean, I think it kind of be a success for him. Like, you know, give him one or two title reigns and see, uh, see what he does with him. And then just kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. But... Eventually, I think he will get a title ring. Of, don't know how far down the line that will be. I think he'd make a great twenty four seven champion. <laughs> <laughs> Take the belt, I rock. <laughs> Yo, just give me like a SummerSlam Dominic Dijakovic versus Rob Gronkowski feud. I'd be fine with that. But he does need to go back to the drawing board. You know, maybe off TV, re, like you said, reinvent himself, come back, have him beat up a couple jobbers. Yeah. Like that guy, like the overall guy that was on TV this week. I don't know his name. Forgot his name. Whatever the black dude name was. Uh, to have him beat him like three weeks in a row and, uh, you know, push his way back in there. Yeah. It, Wait, I think he definitely got to be off of TV for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's one of those things that gets old too, right? Like, we talked about the gauntlet match formula, right? Someone's either going to almost run the gauntlet 
and get established, or they're going to lose right out and get sympathy, or they run the whole gauntlet. Those are the three scenarios for character development inside of a gauntlet match. And the reason WWE uses that same formula every time is because to varying extents, it does work. Having someone come out and just pummel jobbers is kind of boring, but it does work. You do it a few weeks in a row, you develop a package, boom, easy. It works for Aleister Black. The 90 times they have done it with Aleister Black, like at this point, just give him a program. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of footage of him kicking fools in the face. Mm-hmm. Just put him in a program with someone. Um, but I, I actually really liked the match uh, this week. Um, something Miles, I can't remember his first name. It was the first time I'd ever seen him competing. Um, against Dexter, Dexter Loomis, uh, and we'll as we get through the weeks, I am curious to get you guys' thoughts on Dexter Loomis in general. And I have some, I have some thoughts. Um, so yeah, the the triple threat match is fine. The right guy won, and I think Damian Priest is poised to go forward in that field. Um, and then moving on to the eighth of April, right? Uh, we had. Which uh, they, I think, very correctly branded as NXT TakeOver, right? Like, they had the two TakeOver matches. I thought it was really smart branding to just use it. Um, This was the first time I'd noticed that they turned the house lights down. So, Raw and SmackDown repositioned the camera, and that was very smart. But NXT turning the house lights down so you don't even notice. They also took the chairs out of the damn arena. So, that was also smart. But no, right? Which makes the yeah. Lights. So no chairs plus lights turned down. They'd be very engaged and focused on the action that was happening in and around the ring, and it made it so I didn't even miss the crowd. I was still getting hype for things yeah. I was supposed to get hype for, paying attention to all the things that they needed me to. The commentary was really good. I mean, for that one, it was just Mauro by himself, and he killed it. Um, and so yes, it was a lot I thought the ladder match was great. I thought it was well worked. Um, I thought some of the ladder spots were interesting. Raquel Gonzalez getting involved for the amount of time that she did was fine. Again, Tegan Knox is just unbelievable choke slam. The really long setup where it doesn't even look like she's gripping with her hand and then just pushing someone off. Um, Also, because I thought, but didn't she have the help of somebody else? Mia I thought Young, Mia yeah. Yim or somebody. Yeah, she had Mia Young's help. Yeah, got up there. Put yeah, yeah, put it through a table. Yeah, or but I would. I helped her. Yeah, I get it. Pushes their their thing forward, but like it didn't feel like Mia Yim needed the help, and it didn't feel like Tegan Knox gave her much help. Um, nope. To, right. Yeah. So yeah. that that part was just weird and dumb. Um, there were some like ladder pacing moments, but that happens in every ladder match, right? Like where somebody's got a fine not being able to climb the ladder. People in general have been more conscious of it and better at it. But EO at one point just stood on the ladder. <laughs> um, <laughs> the moment. Do I mean okay? So do we? I, I'll ask this to both of you guys. My bad to catch. Do we feel like the right person won? The, like the, it was EO to you guys the most 
acceptable booking choice, you know, for yep. Charlotte. It wasn't the and yeah, it wasn't the most obvious, but it was the best one. I think it creates the best post takeover post mania solution for that women's division. But she's not the first one fighting Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's not. Not not a yeah, it's a, so right. I, I was very. Yeah, it makes sense though, right? Like Mia yeah, is going to be a guaranteed match because Charlotte Charlotte called her shot. But Mia's not the number one contender, yep. right? And so you you have a couple right. of interesting storyline options there because EO is a heel. And so you could have EO interfere in the match so that Mia gets the win over Charlotte when Charlotte thought she was just going to come in and dominate the NXT women's division. Or you do have Charlotte just crush Mia and have EO go after Charlotte after the match or backstage area. There are a lot of interesting things that you can do on top of just the roster as a whole yeah. rejecting Charlotte the way that they rejected Shayna. Um, but then there's the interesting, which evil are they picking? Because Yo is also a heel. And so it, it creates the most mm-hmm. dynamic environment for the title picture that the women's picture has desperately needed for a minute. Because it was very black and white for the past two years, just because Shayna held it for over 500 days. And then Rhea is obviously the polarized opposite of that. So it makes sense to put it in a bit of a gray area so that we don't have a very obvious, oh, this is where they're going kind of thing. I kind of like it. I definitely kind of like it. I. I... I just like I personally just like Charlotte being the NXT women's champion down there. I, I like it. Um, um I kinda like the angle like that they're kinda like you kinda see what she's like looking at, like, oh I'm the I'm the past, the present, the future of this business, period. You know, I kinda kinda like that angle. That promo I good. do believe that eventually Right, it was and, and I liked it a lot. I believe that eventually Rhea does get her WrestleMania rematch mm-hmm. uh, with Charlotte. Whether she goes over and wins, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm almost guessing that um, while they did legitimize Rhea at WrestleMania, that she could possibly beat Charlotte clean. I don't believe that whenever Charlotte does drop the belt, I don't believe it'll be clean. I don't, I believe it would be some. All right. So we're back. Uh, so Jay, you were talking about them establishing Rhea as a legitimate competitor and, you know, the possibility of her taking the belt from Charlotte down the line. Yeah. I just think uh, the way I see it, I, I don't know that anyone's going to beat her clean in NXT unless you really, really build somebody. Um, Unless you really, really built somebody to to beat her, uh, just kind of forward looking, I think it would be kind of cool if Candice was the one that actually took the belt off of uh, off of Charlotte. You know, seeing her kind of roll in the whole ending of the Champa and um, Gargano feud, I would kind of like if they kind of built that momentum from that and just kind of her to eventually be the one that takes the belt off of uh, 
off of silent. I think that'd be kind of. I'm really curious what's going to happen because I think so. Two things: there was the eye contact between EO and Candace that showed that the animosity between those two is still very real. And then the moment of obviously what happened in the Gargano and Ciampa match, which we'll talk about next. Um, that so Candace was the, the white meat baby face of the women's division, right? Like the kind of could do no wrong, very sympathetic baby face, right? Like if you could just picture her after winning her first title, holding it above her head, it's an image that is just going to work um, when the time comes as a baby face. Mm-hmm. But I think she has the momentum on her side for some sort of like, not complete heel turn, but definitely, definitely some very aggressive change in her character. Because we've seen her do some underhanded stuff before and it not provoke that, right? Like helping Tegan Knotts cheat to get a victory over Dakota Kai. Or because she actually interferes in matches all the time, way more than I've ever seen a baby face do. But it's so been a I'm, very, I'm curious to like, see where that's going to go. Very like self righteous, like type of way, like yes. standing up for the common good type of way. What we saw her do in the Gargano Champa match actually was kind of refreshing because it allowed her to actually for the first time really kind of get her hands dirty and I kind of yeah I actually kind of enjoyed the the kind of change you know me too well let's just jump right into it uh first off the Champa versus Gargano match was the best in their series in my opinion and the best match of all of WrestleMania week I so I thought about that before we moved forward. I don't think I thought it was the best. I, I think Last Man Standing was their best match personally. I think that was a takeover Brooklyn Four, if I'm not mistaken. I think that match might have been my in my favorite. I think city uh, of the camera work and the setup for the match made me really that made it stand out to me. Um, there's only one thing about it I did. <laughs> I, honestly, when it first started, it, it started with that same kind of cinematic feel thing that, that Taker and uh, AJ started with, and I was like, ah, shit, we went there. But, dude, I think it was brilliantly done. Like, I really do. Um I kind of like the fact that they sold the whole put us in a building, you know, put us in a building with a referee and let us figure it out type of deal. I think they really sold that part of it. Um, and that ref did a hell of a job. Like, I've seen refs turn character before, right? Charles Robinson, Earl Hapner in the past. But Drake did fantastic job with selling the emotion of having known these guys for a really long time and just wanting it to be over as well still trying to maintain a lack of bias so out to the rest I mean I, I did actually really like I think it was at one point he told uh, he's like you, you've already beat the hell out of my fire 
I was like, look at the referee, man. I was like, I kind of like this. I was like, look at yeah. that. <laughs> you guys have known each other forever. Stop. Every... Yeah, it, it was actually very brilliant at every turn. And I think it, it told a story throughout the <clears throat> throughout the confines of the match. It told a story because you saw snippets of every of every one of their matches that they had been through up until that point, there was a, I don't know what you call it, like the, like pieces of that, of those matches in, you know what I'm saying? In that yeah. one match. And I really yeah. liked it uh, not only their own matches, but so I noticed during edge and rain, uh, obviously playing Gargano, their match with the whole wrestling backstage and the performance center thing. But then them getting on the same production truck that WrestleMania to fight, I thought was funny. Right. Jordan, you say Say what? Oh, I thought I cut you off for a second there. Nope. Um, but yeah, I liked the, you know, ripping Wait, up the it, mat. Yep. Yeah. Because I was, they just kind of feel sick. I don't know. It, it was, it was very, it was very, very good for the match to be as long as it was. I only think, I think there was one part about the match uh, that I took away that I didn't like. Uh, it seemed to be a consistency of the match that didn't make a lot of sense because at one point it seemed like <clears throat> if you look, if you really pay attention to like the first half of the match, it almost seemed like it was an I quit match. But then the decision ended up being a a, a, a three count fall. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just like, I'm not understanding like what the subjective. You know, how do you win the? What's the stipulation of winning? Because you know, it was at points of the match where, you know, he's asking Gargano, he's asking Tampa, like, do you want to continue? Do you want to continue? And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Like, is this so, an I quit match? Like, is, is that what's going on I, here, or I, is this just I, like fight I, to the finish, or is this like? What's going on? So every match willing to continue. It's kind of because people submit. Right? Say you're in a surfboard and you can tap with your hand, you can verbally submit. So that's where um Liger say the whole app they're submitting a guy, ask to quit. And same deal, it's the believability of like is the guy gonna throw an X, say he's hurt. So in in room story, like I constantly checks in, you know, looking in your eyes. Um, because that time can end because someone says they quit, it's the only way to end the match. Yeah. Okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. That was the only thing that didn't make a lot of sense. At least not the way that it did, right? Like, I think there was a quote, you know, when he was saying he was sorry and was ready to go. If it had been an I um, I actually fully expected him to, and then Candace showed back up. To quit while he had the upper hand on Johnny after mm -hmm. after Candace left originally. Yeah, I think that actually would have been a better twist to the match 
then I, I mean I was fine with the ending. Like I, I, I thought going into the match, if, if you'd have asked me who I thought they were gonna book to win it, I would have would I would have said Johnny because I just didn't think that uh you could continue burying Johnny in big matches. He had a number of big matches. It just seems like he fucking loses them all. You know what I'm saying? He had to win. Um, got to take over New York over over uh, Adam Cole to win the NXT title, but he loses it in the first in his first defense. And he hasn't won uh, since then. He had the career saving win. Yeah, exactly. He had the career saving win against uh, Champa, but I believe he lost every match to Champa after that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost to Alistair. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it just seemed like every big match, like you 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 end up having them lose these matches. Yeah, and it's just, I I just didn't feel like there was any way you were gonna be able to uh to to not build him but to save him, having him eat the loss. And the way that happened, I think it didn't hurt Tommaso at all because you kind of saw Tommaso. Right, you, you you saw Tommaso in a way kind of give that same type of motion that Edge did at the end of Edge and Norton, you know. Um, so I don't think he lost anything uh, by losing that match at all. With the they had, you know, called him and followed shit out of him with that crush. Feel the emotion. That's yeah. why I think more than any of the this one is, yeah, the last standing match and some of that other stuff. Like the last night standing match with them might have been better. But this one had me hooked to the journey we had characters that, in a way, couldn't really done anything wrong. Um, like, no matter what, this one was going to be great. And that's an awesome feeling when you go into a match. Like, Orton and Edge. We knew no what we got that match was going to be fantastic. And right. they delivered on that. Um, I agree with you. It doesn't hurt. Um, and so I get why baby faces lose, right? Like I get why you lose a lot of big matches because if you're is people will be sympathetic. They either cool heel turn Champa got hurt, where he became his own worst enemy, and started seeing Champa's side. Of I thought that, um, or you have a baby face fight their way back to a big Johnny versus Andrade, and it gets the behind them in a really important way. Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship as important as it was because he hadn't that much face win all the time they inevitably will become a heel fans want to see someone else take that spot he will be a heel Um, it just happens I don't know if his reign is going uh, yeah I don't think so either I don't think Braun's gonna be that long. I think Braun's reign is gonna last longer than Drew's is. If we're, we're really comparing the bold prediction because Braun is literally the definition of a placeholder champion. 
I think they're going to do something with Bron. Yeah. But you never know, right? Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a placeholder king of the wing, ring winner because Triple H got in trouble. He became Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you just got to And so far, Bron hasn't done a good job that. So best of luck to him. I would like to see a long Braun Strowman brain him just dominate the entire roster. That's all fan reaction, right? Is part of why Stone do what fans. And yeah, vocal on Twitter and, and the same. True. Um, I think Finn calling out Walter uh, to, to move on from or from not Candace and Johnny, but yeah, I guess Candace Johnny and tomorrow. So unless anyone saved rounds on that one. No, I think uh, it's just going to be interesting, I guess. Because now I'm just kind of interested to see what you do with uh, with uh, Donnie now. I think we kind of see with Tommaso. And I think all roads for Tommaso leads back to the NXT. Uh, Johnny versus but, Keith Lee. Um, uh, hmm. I don't know. Johnny versus Keith Lee. It might can work. It just might be crazy enough to work. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Even Tommaso versus Keith Lee. I wouldn't yeah, mind either one of those. But do we think... Because I don't think Tommaso works there because, like, you get to a situation where, like, you... Tommaso never lost his championship. He never Adam Cole never beat him clean. So I don't know why you move him back. You you move him back in that North America back to the North America mm-hmm. uh, title picture to have him jump people who have kind of climbed that ladder. So NXT you know what I mean? has done a well. Really, it's only Damian Priest. NXT's done a good job making it a division, just a different division. The North American Championship has headlined more NXTs than the NXT Championship since it became a thing, or at least since they've gone live on US. Like the tag teams headline this one, like they've done a good job of making it look titles are equal in stature. Obviously, the heavyweight belt is the heavyweight belt, but those titles is important. None of them feel like the Intercontinental Championship does right now. But you're right. He never did I lose just wonder the title, what you gotta so do he could. To those yeah, he ha- I think he has to stay there until he either gets beat clean by the champion or he gets his belt back. I think all ro- like I said, I think all roads lead to him mm-hmm. winning the belt back. Uh, it's just a matter of yeah. when. And I would not be surprised if they put a pin in it and they had, because like I said, I think this year is literally about um, NXT being being established as a third brand versus a developmental brand. You know yeah. what I, mean? I would not, that's why I think my prediction of an NXT person winning money in the bank um might be a thing, might have a little bit more 
either that or having the winner of Money in the Bank uh, cash in on uh, on Adam Cole is, I think, what my actual prediction. That would be kind of cool, and I think that that all kind of rolled into the. It would be kind of um, kind of eh if it happened, just because we just saw Charlotte do the same thing. Uh, and they have plenty of people in NXT chopping at the bit to get at Adam Cole that they could use. Um, but, it, I mean, they could do something interesting and smart with it. I'm curious to see if NXT has any of the bank qualifying matches, which I, actually I guess it's maybe too late in many of the banks in two weeks, and they already filmed it. So, yeah, I'd be curious. Um, I do think that Money in the Bank is just going to stay on the other two shows. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Johnny take on whoever comes the from um, Cruiserweight champion. That might... I would say that would it would bring a lot of that belt. Because I think you're right. That, like, There's no need to rush right back to Ciampa to do something. Um, let him have a feud with Killer Cross and then the go on to take on Adam Cole. So that's what that's what we're because I'm guessing that's what tags him uh, after the show is what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, Killer Cross attacking uh Chomp on this last week's episode. Which uh so you're a TNA you're a TNA guy. Are you particularly familiar with Killer Cross? Are you excited about Killer Cross coming into NXT? What are your thoughts there? Uh, what was his actual name and was he suicide? No, I think his name at TNA was Killer Cross. I'm pretty unfamiliar with him outside of there is hype around him. Kind of like three, I see three outside of people like them. Is he a mask character, right? He's a mask no. character, right? Yeah, you are thinking suicide. I don't even know. Uh, Jordan, do you know a lot about Killer Cross? I was going to say, if it's suicide, then I was watching but... Say again? <laughs> a lot about uh, a killer yeah, cross? No. His wife's pretty hot, though. All right, so killer cross, relative unknown to us, but around him in general, they're, they're giving him the treatment as if he should have a lot of making me feel it. So I guess good on them. Like they do a very effective presentation in that regard. But hey, I know this guy's name work. So that'll be my homework assignment. I'll go back and watch a couple of years worth of Killer Cross's work over the next week before we get to the next show. Um, but right. in general, I'm excited for it. And I think giving Chomp is someone who is not Cole and is not Gargano to work against right now. You know, he's in a position right now where if this completely unknown guy who is supposed to have all of this hype beats him, it doesn't hurt him. If the same exact place he is right now, having just lost to Johnny, um, and he can continue, he can, you know, right. destroy John, uh, even take needs because with the neck yeah he can wrestle but wrestling full time when he doesn't need to isn't necessarily the best for the one for identified by many as the future of the company so 
Uh, but then you say, then you sound like a a lifetime NXT contract. So it's like, yeah. did, but I mean, this stuff changes all the time, and there's no, no one's ever, no one's actually seen the paperwork for that. So who knows? That could just be a storyline thing. Um, I did notice something. So you were talking about development brand versus third brand. Love that NXT still has developmental matches, right? But do something really cool with it. So, do you know what event is? W main event. Yeah. So yeah. those are those are called dark matches. Yeah. AEW has dark matches as well that they put. On. Um, some of their dark matches are really good. Some of the mm-hmm. good matches on main event are really good. House show matches are really good. Um, instead of making a whole separate show out of it. What NXT is doing is it too far because it, sometimes it happens to promos too, but developmental matches just don't go into the Hulu cut. So their slot on Hulu is still for an hour. And so they give us the main event matches. And then in cases like last week where they're long, you just don't get Charlotte's promo, which is why they ran it two weeks in a row, or Finn's promo on Walter, um, both of which were good. But when you watch the WWE Network version of the show, well over two, an hour and a half, mental matches, you get to see people like Dexter Loomis. And you get to see some of the undercard women's matches that you normally wouldn't get to see on the Hulu cut. Um, and so for anyone who misses that side of NXT, who does like the developmental portion, like I very much, um, watching WWE on Network, Still worth the nine ninety nine. They were outside all that stuff. Like NXT was the draw for me for the network. Um, otherwise, I just make a new damn email every month and get a month for free. <laughs> um. So moving on to this week's NXT, right? We already talked about the Killer Cross thing. That's going to be interesting. Um. Yeah. Interesting going forward. Dexter Loomis. So, uh, but there are a couple things I like. Uh, everything in the ring, the way he looks at people, the questioning, the, there's an introspection there that feels like a mad scientist slash serial killer in a way called Dexter. <laughs> and Yep, that's what it remind. That's exactly what it reminded. Like yep. the whole look. That you know what you hit it right on the head with that because that's exactly what I thought when I first saw him with the gloves and the khaki pants. I was like, dude, this this literally yeah. looks like Dexter, dude. Like this yeah, is what gone. this is like. And me and Jordan actually went back and forth in the chat last night because I brought it up. I was like, man, because <clears throat> but. Tell me how you feel, because Jordan already... Yeah, I wanted to rehash in here as well, but... uh... Yeah, to me, it feels like he kind of has the beginning feel around him, like the Fiend did, like this misunderstood, this... this... I don't want to say superhuman, because that's the word I used last night, but like, not really superhuman, but just kind of this misunderstood, like this... Like, I don't think the character... Is the same, but I I feel that I'm say superhuman. You know what I mean? That kind of the for what reason? Aura. So there were two. Actually, 
the way he was looking at people, right? Like the studying, almost like a entomologist about, in a way, he was so intrigued by his opponent. Then he was testing the waters, right? The fiend just takes people out because the fiend is the outward expression of why it's inner turmoil. I appreciate this guy, the, the practitioner, you know, like Dexter cuts. This guy wants to understand his opponent and their capabilities in a way that I found really interesting because when was the last time you saw someone sell a jobber? Then a minute. Granted, this is an, a developmental match between two developmental people in NXT, so it's not so much a guy right. as it is two guys getting a rep in on TV. Um, but it did feel winner out the music his music is straight up the strangers the stranger things music and they should maybe address that before other people do Um, loomis even just is a word you have something that is strange so his his name is basically dexter weirdo Um, i really enjoyed except his moves way he was acting when engaging his opponent it felt less dominant and less methodical than it needed to be you he either needed to be surgically precise with his strikes and his maneuvers or he needed to be lars sullivan-esque um brutal and he was neither it was because he was very his gaze is surgical, but then the execution very way to the point where I don't know which serial killer he is taking influence from. Because it's like, okay, we get some Ted Bundy, but we also get some Ed Kemper. Like you need to pick which lane you are gonna be in as a serial killer. Um, if you're gonna pull this character off. Because guess what? Netflix has made us all ridiculously familiar with serial killer profiles. So casual fan, if a casual right. fan can pick your gimmick apart, you're going to have a problem. Um, he, he was wearing like a trench coat thing I mean, before. I, I think I'm glad he's not wearing that now. Yeah, back when he was oh, doing a dating Lomas circuit did? on Instagram, all the pictures of him had this like leather um, um, smock on. Almost like an apron. Chainsaw massacre, so I kind of get why. Um, but <laughs> it just doesn't fit whatever this version of the character is, right? Like if you're gonna wear that and carry people out in body bags, sure. That doesn't seem to be what he's doing. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting gimmick. I would, I would actually yeah. enjoy that being on TV. But Very I mean, that's much. Darby Allen's thing, right? Like. The cough drop. He brings out a body bag with it written on it, and then when he beats him, stuffs him in it, drags him away. In, in theory, he never. But what I will say is, at least let's give Dexter. At least I think he has time to kind of clean up the. 
the small, you know what I'm saying? The small details that you alluded to. Uh, oh, for sure. Character, you know what I mean? I, I think he has time. I don't think they're, they're going to push him anytime soon. Uh, I would be looking at maybe next year sometime, honestly, before they really even do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised him. if we saw him in a small role on actual TV because he didn't, you know, he was on and that's the weird thing, right? What's on the WWE Network is what's actually on. And then it's just if they go over their hour and a yeah. half time slot is stuff on the other end. Um, so he was on TV. He has a win on TV. The match was fine. It wasn't anything spectacular by any means from either of the guys. But yeah, the character stuff. Right? And then to have him appear again during the tag team match at the end with the Disputed Era. It makes me think he is studying and targeting of those individuals. I could see Ron Strong, since Matt Riddle already has a giant target on his back. Um, but who knows? Either way, I think that's going to be good. What did you guys think of the um, tag team match with uh, Mr. Thatcher? coming out to be Pete's replacement? Uh, I didn't think... I, I mean, I Same here. Good. I thought he was sloppy. I thought the belly-to-belly yeah, suplexes were the worst I have uh, seen. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? I said, like, what is this? I had to stop and re- After he did the first one, I had to stop and rewind Hulu. Because I was like, wait, what the fuck was right? that? I was like, wait, let me go back thought, and look and see what this was. Yeah. And it indeed was what I thought it was. I thought it was an accident. Terrible, dude. Yeah, I, I thought like, it was an accident the first part. time around. Then he, like, I was like, okay, maybe it was an accident. And then he to make it look like it was on purpose. But, like, everything. Like, even the way he got into the Fujiwara armbar that he did at the end, it was like, <laughs> you were not technically sound, man. Like, they need to either change how they talk about you on commentary, or you need to lean into being this Oni Lorcan-esque, high-energy, bare-knuckle brawler. Because that's what you look like. You have no teeth, you're mean as hell, and you do hit people kind of hard. But they're talking about expert with 50. You're a precision submission expert, and you're just fumbling all over the fucking place. I I could not believe my when they told me the person that was coming out. I was like, oh cool, I've heard this guy's name. I know he was in the United Kingdom tournament thing. Like, let's see what he has to offer. And then I was just disappointed. Right, because and then the reaction, like. I didn't necessarily, because like you said, like they stole it the way, like the way when they announced them, they stole it. Like, oh man, it's Timothy Thatcher. I'm like, okay, first off, who? Yeah. Like, I don't know who this motherfucker is. Who is this? You know what I mean? And then it's just like, like Matt Riddle's, it's like Matt Riddle's reaction. Like, oh my God, like you got me, Timothy Thatcher. But it's not like, oh, you're like, you know, I just got you like fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin or somebody like react. Yeah, they tried really they hard to put him like, over. So that's why I expected this to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because Riddle reacted work, as if he'd been like, Valor like, is your like, tag part. Right. Like, 
we got some some uh, meth head that's like. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Right, that's, um, that's what you pretty much got. Right? I feel about uh, fight now, brand new to the Undisputed Era. It is what it is. Agree, agree. But I think in no way you could have had them, the UE, take the belt. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't. I'm all, I'm honestly almost getting sick of like the UE even being in those tag team ties. That's why I kind of like the fresh blood with uh, whoever the new guys are. Beckham uh, Enterprises. Riddle, a couple. Weeks I wanted ago to talk to you about team. that right we now. Talked about those. So one, they're just the authors. Yeah, those, of pain. yeah patient so. handling. It's just the authors of pain. But what was really funny to me was a guy they brought out, Marcel Bickham. I, I think that's his name. But. Mm. They presented him to me as if I'm supposed to know who he is. Now he's been a wrestling year and a half, and I have no clue who he is. But he came out like we Teddy fucking long. Like we should all know who he is. <laughs> right. And so that part was weird to me, right? When Ring showed up with there's a Ring hadn't wrestled in 17 years, and we all knew we, right? Because he was the manager of fucking leading the. We know who Paul Ellering is, one of the guys who created the war game. I don't know who the fuck Bickham Enterprises is, and talk about a tag team. Did the same people who came up with the Viking experience come up with that one? His mic stuff is fine, but so you will know this very well. You're, you'll be intimate with this. Right. So, I think he's done. Do you remember Deontay's to this day interview? So there is a boxing reporter yes. who asked him that question, who has for years been getting turned up online, Uncle Tom and all this shit. Um, when in get basically yes. the exact reaction he got. I know why <laughs> you're so upset about this, but white viewers don't. Um, that dude looks just like him to the right. point that I had to Google to make sure it was not him. He sounds like him. So he was not that long ago. And I was like, is this the same fucking guy? Did he jump? Did that his career so badly that he had to jump from as a manager? That was my first thought. And so I just kept expecting him to say to this day, but he didn't. Um, although I thought the guys who came in to work with um, the big enterprises, I thought that they they didn't make nearly the slap pain did when they came in physicality wise. Um, very wild right. ones right. of just pace to live and I think looks really good they make good eye contact with the screen so those two guys and I'm gonna make sure I have my you know ducks in a row here but I'm where I've seen them at of the great Kali's India shows because he runs the wrestling promotion scene in India and his shows are massive because in India kayfabe is still very much a thing 
the undertaker is a bedroom story that they tell the kids so they behave like to them wrestling is very um Kali is a massive, massive like icon there. It, Indian wrestler, a TV debut in America, they're an instant massive ratings boost. Every numbers, network subscriptions, like Hall got the belt when he got the belt. WWE had just got a TV deal and. and Me that there is a demand for the NXT product in India, and the presence of these guys who don't feel like they're just, you know, what's that fucking guy, um, Monsoon or for Saudi Arabia? Yeah, it doesn't feel like another Monsoon. It feels like they took this opportunity very seriously, and you know, their track record with Indian wrestlers is really good. And using image in a respectful way has been really good. Uh, I thought modern day Maharaja worked so well for Jinder Mahal. I actually liked his title reign. For Andy Orton, like stuff with AJ Styles, I enjoyed his heel work. Um, I was never a huge fan, of him, but I'm a one. Just in general, WWE handling of. Uh, I'm kind of rambling, to be honest. But I think they present interesting, and I'm always excited to see the tagging division get deeper. Have they even? <clears throat> they had the in-ring debuts, right? I don't know. I don't think so. Have they? Have they had the in-ring debuts? Who? The match yet? I don't think so. Yeah, they fought Everest. I don't. I don't know. The. Oh, okay. Who? What are they called? They're called Indushir? like they come inter- the, the tag team we're talking about. They have them listed as Indusheer. Because oh. on commentary, they keep calling them Bickham Enterprises, which makes me think he's going to pull more and more people under. <laughs> they, I mean, he can talk on the mic. Yeah, I give him that. that. That's for damn sure. They're uh, you can talk on the mic. So I'm like, they had okay, a match on the, the uh, Gargano Champa NXT episode. Huh, I don't know how I missed that. Okay, because you you were just like everybody else in the country waiting on fucking Champa Gargano. I'm pretty sure I skipped over that. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, because I was catching up That's from, I didn't know. from wrestling. Like they had a cruiser. Because the cruiserweight matches from this week, I didn't even watch. Like, it was fine. Tazawa versus, uh, well, shit. But I can't remember. Isaiah Swerve Scott, dog. Thank you, Isaiah Swerve <laughs> Scott. Swerve, yeah. Well, I that's what I want to win. That's what I want to win is Swerve. Not he won't come back, but I thought they had a really good match, and I didn't. Uh, and he did. I do kind of like how they're doing the tournament. Do they do all the no. tournaments like that? The kind of round robin. No, this is the first one they've done that way. Type of tournament. 
I kind of like that if they don't do that. I think that's an interesting, a very interesting. Um, yeah, design. I'm curious to see how, how it does it, in this situation. Because, you know, I cut the, the news update the other day, but obviously several people like let go from the WWE. Um, or at least far reaching, of which being um, so here, at least to make him desirable somewhere else. I do think that he has a lot to offer as a manager, commentary, and in ring performer. Um, best of luck to him there and to everyone. Let go. Like there's, in a lot of cases, it's the news update hadn't been on TV ever. People lose their time right now. Now that's right. Heath Slater's going back in three years, jacked to shit, and win the World Heavyweight Championship. It's the prophecy. Drew's <laughs> done it. Drew's done it. It's his turn. Amazing. With a tag. Do we have anything else to touch on there? Uh, I don't, I don't I for, NXT. for NXT. Some small touches on AEW, maybe. Jordan, do you have anything else for NXT? No, go ahead, because I don't you don't watch AEW, man. The Rock watches AEW. Uh, I be I be almost forgetting that AEW got a damn catch show, the show uh, just because it's been hard enough for me to keep up with everything else right now. Um, but I will say they are doing and YouTube wise during all of this has been brilliant. Jericho has been doing a. Uh, these like little things called the bubbly bunch. Uh, it's just him in a circle, just basically. But they are well being the elite episode two hundred, which the young bucks have been doing forever out of AEW, and they just kind of keep doing it anyway. Um, and that stuff's been good. They are doing a good job of making sure that their audience is entertained, but they're definitely not bringing in any any eyeballs right now. Um, but I am excited. John Moxley um, getting some entering competition at that level. Uh, great. I don't know when exactly that's going down. Um, they had some some cancellations as well, obviously because of the pandemic. How everything goes, but they're not in a position where they need to necessarily put on a week. They pulled numbers bigger than they they were rejected. Even the shows that had no audience did fine ratings wise. I think they just got renewed for five years. Like they're fine. Um, it's not like uh, Tony Khan's is going to drop. The other thing uh, that I talk about is that the XFL's canceled, and the, the overarching like accounting company that owned them went bankrupt. Um, Basically, XFL 
but they were set up really well to succeed. And I think the market in general has a good feel about what that could have been. talks with the NFL to buy feeder system for the NFL, kind of like minor league baseball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think someone, I mean, before they started that whole thing, they felt like that was the only way it was going to succeed anyway was as, like, a feeder system. And I think it would have been fine, like, the first couple years on its own. But I think eventually you would have had, you would have got to this point anyway. It just sucks that this pandemic happened where we are and it kind of yeah. happened a lot faster than what we thought. You know what I mean? So I think they were gonna need the NFL at one point or another to be able to back the to be able to back the consistent funding for it, honestly. So But uh kinda that kinda wraps everything up. Uh we can we'll get back together here soon and we'll talk about these developments on Raw Smackdown. Uh and hopefully by then we'll get some so, have been released or going. I know Carl Anderson made a hint on social media that he was going back to New Japan. Um, but we'll know. I don't know, man. If, if I'm a part of New Japan, man, I don't even know why. Like, It seems like New Japan is probably like, it seems like the best wrestling company to kind of work for. It seems like to me. Yeah. It seems like the fans are into it. Like, It's a very... Real, yeah, they accomplish the real sport feel better than anybody. It's more like you know what I mean. It's not they accomplish the real sport feel better, and a lot of that is because kayfabe is important there, right? Like heels and baby faces can't enter the arena on the same side of the building, let alone drive together. I think that that adds a bit of. And stop. And when you saying you gotta stay in character, like even if you're off the, even if you're like on the street somewhere, you still gotta kind of stay in character or whatnot. I feel like somebody was telling me that about about like your new Japan gimmicks. Like it's not like oh I'm I'm Jay outside the ring, but I'm I don't know Goldust in the ring, like. I have to be gold dust everywhere I'm at in Japan type of deal. Like, and if that's the case, like I think that's very actually uh, very brilliant. If that's the case, I don't know that it is or not. 